This is Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Thanks for being with us today as we take a trip across the ocean to Africa and we interview the managing director and CEO of the Lagos Metropolitan Area Transport Authority, Lamada, in Nigeria. Ms. Ambimola Akinajo is CEO there, and we recently were on a UITP webinar together, a MENA webinar, and uh, we got to know each other a little bit, and I asked her to join us on the podcast. She's a great interview today. Talks about all the stuff going on there in her country, in her city of 22 million people, in the country of Nigeria, which has 200 million people in it. She is um, taking over direct operation of bus service in the city from a lot of private operators, plus regulating them, at the same time building many, many kilometers of light rail line, BRT line, and metro third rail lines, all going on at the same time. Got her plate full, and it's a great interview. I think you'll really enjoy it on this episode of Transit Unplugged. What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals. This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Today, we're excited to enter the continent of Africa for the first time, really, on the program. We're going to have a little series here. And our first guest is Abimbola Akinyajo. She is the Managing Director and CEO of Lagos Metropolitan Area Transport Authority in Nigeria, a big city, 11 million people. Is that right, Abimbola, in your city? Actually, 21 million people. 21 million? <laughs> yes, you got yeah. double what I thought. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thanks so much for being with us. You and I, as you recall, were on, a, uh, were on another show a couple months ago, and I got to meet you and talk to you and thought you'd be an awesome first guest for us to come on to the continent of Africa for our program. We've done all of North America, Australia, and uh, Europe, uh, and we're hoping to get into Africa and Asia. I don't think they have any transport in, in the Antarctica, so, so we'll probably just get six continents and not seven. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, tell, yeah. us some about, tell us some about yourself to start with. I mean, tell us about your job, what you do there, and, and how long you've been there, those kind of things. Okay, so um, like you introduced me, and thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Like you say, we've had a conversation before, so I don't know what to expect from you. So I've been with Lamata for nearly a year. I'll be a year in a couple of days. I started about the 8th of October. So before that, I was managing director of a consultancy firm. So my background is civil engineering. A lot of transportation infrastructure delivery is what I've done in my history. So I've been here, I have about, uh, ooh, 1988 is when I graduated and I've worked ever since. So I worked for about 20, 21 odd years in the UK, did a lot of that in, in railway infrastructure delivery, heavy civils, that sort of thing. And I came back into Lagos about 10, 11 years ago and delved right in into the real space as well here before I got made the managing director of Lamata a year ago. What do we do in Lamata? Our job is to provide infrastructure, transportation infrastructure to plan, to regulate and to implement. And so therefore our job is to ensure that regulated transportation is what Lagos State gets, Lagos, the good people of Lagos get. So we're responsible for doing infrastructure, building railway, mass transit systems, building bus uh, rapid transit systems, BRT lanes, building 
terminals, bus terminals, bus depots, interchanges, those sorts of things. That's what Lamata does. And on the soft side, we are responsible for ensuring we bring regulated transport to the people, good people of Lagos. If anybody knows Lagos, we are, and it's quite common in all of Africa, actually, that most of our transportation is in the informal sector. The vision of uh, Lamata is to ensure that we bring as much of public transportation under the umbrella of Lamata being regulated by Lamata. So that is really and truly the vision of Lamata to ensure, first of all, what we have intermodal transport systems, we have options for our people, and then providing the infrastructure to sustain that transport provision and to ensure that we have a regulated space within which transport um, professionals can play. So that's Very us. good. Well, let's get a little context. A lot of our listeners may not be overly familiar with how things work there. So Nigeria is a democracy. Is that right? Yes, Nigeria is a democracy. And it's located where? On the continent of Africa. Where, where is West it exactly? Africa. West right. Africa. That's yep. where we are. And about how many people are in the country? In the country, we're about 200 million. And if you look at us, Lagos is one of the is the smallest state out of thirty six states in uh, in Nigeria. But wow. we have one tenth of the population because Lagos it used to be the um, capital of Nigeria, but it was moved to Abuja, which is more central. So Lagos is at the southwest part of Nigeria, and the capital was moved out of Lagos so many years ago. But Lagos really is still the commercial heart of, of Nigeria. And I guess that's, okay. that's, that's why we have such a huge population. Yeah. So 21 million people. Now, is that a state or is it a city or both? It's a state and a city. That's so right. Lagos, the, the city of Lagos is there and then we have the state of Lagos. So the okay. city of Lagos is one part of um, maybe five different cities, major cities within Lagos State. And for the transportation system that you oversee, is it just for the city or is it for the whole state? We, for now, we have the, that's why we are called Lamata, Lagos Metropolitan Area. So it's more for the city of Lagos. Okay. And tell us about the system itself. How many buses and what type of transportation you offer, how many employees, what's your budget, those kind of things. Okay, so Lamata right now, we only have um, Lagos State regulated system. We probably have only about 750 odd buses. And we don't have a real transportation system as we speak. We're in the process of building it. So we have a master plan, Lagos State master plan. And that master plan speaks to what we expect to develop. So we are looking at seven rail lines. Oh, wow. And 14 BRT routes, as well as feeder routes to that. So out of the 14 BRT routes, we have done three, I would say we've done three of those routes. We're in the process of building two major rail lines, and where the expected operational date is the end of 2022. We've started one of it for a long time now, and I'm sure Literally everybody in the world knows about our blue line, but with the consensus of this current government, they are really focused on ensuring that we go to implementation. And the plan is that we will go to implementation, or shall I say, to operation come end of 2022, last quarter of 2022. And we're also starting what we call the red line, which if we think about the numbers, so the red line can carry anything up to 750,000 passengers per day. 
that is the demand for the red line. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to split the red line, for instance, into two. We're building the first phase of it, and that first phase will do about 400,000 people per day. The blue line also is being done, and that one will do, we're also doing that in phases. That one is expected to do 400,000 passengers per day, but the first phase of it will do about 200 to 250,000 passengers per day. Let me ask you, Mbol, is this light rail with catenary wires, or is this heavy rail with a third rail electrified underneath of it? We have third rail for the blue line, but it's more likely than not that the red line will have the uh, OLE overhead lines. Yes, okay, that's interesting. You're getting it done pretty quickly. I mean, here in America, that that could take five to 10 years to get something built like that. We, I used to head up Baltimore City's transit system and the Maryland Transit Administration. We were building something called the Purple Line. And we were building that when I was there five years ago. It, we were already in negotiations and it's not done yet. They're still in construction. So if you guys are able to get something done in two or three years, that's amazing. Okay, so I wish I could say that that was the exact, the, the, the complete true story. Oh, but there's okay. a story to our two to three years. So for, for instance, the blue line has been in construction for around about 10 years. Oh, okay. Well, that's more like us here in America. Oh, then. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. the red line, for instance, is a project that's being done by federal government. And it goes, it's an intercity project that goes okay. through our own same corridor. So we're piggybacking on the back of what the federal government's been doing for the past four years. Mm. And we'll share track for a majority of the, of the, of the length of the uh, yes. whole line. And then we'll build. So we're, we're not building a complete new system. And I understand what you're saying. You can't build real lines. Even four years is an optimistic position. So right. yeah. You are absolutely right. And it sounds like a fantastic story, which will be a fantastic story for the people of Lagos. But yes. the, the reality is that we have been doing the blue line for 10 years and the red line, we're piggybacking on something that was being that has been done for the past four years, which is a proactive way of looking at it to ensure yeah. that we have rail systems in operation as soon as possible. Yes. Well, it's right up your alley being from civil engineering. I mean, you probably do you have is this like a public private partnership? where you have private companies doing it or tell us about the construction process of getting it done. Okay. So I will say that Lagos is probably the first of national ever to try and build rail lines out of its own IGR. And that's part of the reason, I guess, why the blue line has taken so long to do. So in terms of implementation, we're doing it off the state's back, which is a okay. huge burden, but it's a it's a commitment that the state has um, put out there and they are going to see through. So with the blue line, the state is funding it. What we want to do is when we now get to operations, we will bring in a, uh, a private partner who will do the operations for us and okay. run it on that basis. So, and it's the same thing with the red line. The state will, will find the money to implement the infrastructure and then we'll work with the private sector to bring operations and for that line as well. Okay. So you'll have private sector players actually operating it, but you're doing the construction. You're overseeing yes. that yourself directly. Yes. Wow, yes, that's a are. big project. No, no, just to say that we have employed consultants though to yes. do that work alongside okay. us. But we, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of directing as a general manager, so to speak. So the way I understand it then, you're building this big rail line and you and the the transit authority is serving as the general manager, so to speak, and you're contracting it out to other people. Is that right? That's correct. So as far as we are concerned, on behalf of the state, 
We have employed a contractor who's doing that work for us, the physical infrastructure implementation. And we have also employed a consultant who will do the supervision and all of that, but, and all those answerable to, the, to LAMATA or to the state by LAMATA, yes. Yes, that's interesting. Okay, that's mm-hmm. good. Let's talk about your bus service itself. You said you have around 750 buses. Just by the way, that's about how many buses we had in Baltimore too when okay. I was there. We had, but there was probably 150 spare buses out of that. So maybe 550, 600 on the, on the road every day. You were saying that in your city, you have a lot of uh, private operators running their own service. Here in the U.S., we call those jitneys or whatever kind of private bus operators. Tell us about that. Tell us about the environment there. So you have regular fixed routes, but then there's all all kinds of other private operators coming in running their own service or explain how that works. Okay, so in Lagos, we have, like I said, the state has recently procured 750 buses. We're still rolling that out in, in, in phase deployment. Now, Outside of that, the state had really contracted a private sector operator. So that those are the, the only ones we have at the moment who are privately owned but regulated by LAMATA. They run okay. one of our major routes and uh, they started that service with about 400 buses. Beyond that now, we have the scenario where, like you say, we have a number of private operators just running buses. We have very few high-capacity buses. So the buses I'm talking about that the um, private sector partner has, they're all high-capacity buses, for instance, because they run really high-demand routes. The ones that the state has bought is like, I think it's three half and half high-capacity and the other half is medium-capacity. Now, when it comes to the private sector, We have very few high-capacity buses in the private sector. Most of it is what we call downfalls. We call, in in, in Nigeria, like you say, you call them Japanese, we call them downfalls. And they're normally um, like minibuses and they can carry anything about 11 passengers. And we have thousands of them all over Lagos, running whatever routes they feel. You wake up this morning, you decide, okay, I want to go from here to there. And that's what they do. And those are the ones we're trying to tease off the road and get more high-capacity buses in and get them to run maybe in outside of the main arterial roads. And when when we've looked at transportation in Lagos, we've, we've sort of, we have this, what we call the bus reform initiative. And that bus reform initiative sort of looks at Lagos. And we, first of all, we've divided ourselves into zones. We have seven zones in Lagos. And within that, we have the major routes, the BRT routes. There are 14 of them in total throughout Lagos that are supposed to be implemented. Then we have what we see as quality bus corridors. They are major feeder routes that probably feed to the BRT lanes or to the uh, train stations or even to the jetties. And then we have what we call the last mile, which is the bus service that will take you closest to either your destination or origin. So that last mile bus system is what we expect to use the smaller buses for. So the 11 to 13 seater buses will be what we use for the last mile. In fact, the state recently is in the process of onboarding a number of operators for a maximum of 2,000 last mile buses. This is a state initiative to sort of kickstart what we want, a regulated bus service system in Lagos. Now we expect that to start this year. So sort of like November time. We have partnered with um, bus manufacturers and we have identified operators. So we will not deal with an operator that has less than 50 buses, for instance, and they will follow 
the regulated system. And that is what we're trying to do. So when we show the state what the plan is, it'd be easy for the private sector to sort of key into it. So there's a space for for downfall, definitely not on my major routes, but on the last mile routes. And then there's a space for the midi and the high capacity buses. So what the state is doing now with our bus system is to demonstrate what the state wants the regulated system to look like. So I have my high capacity buses, I have my medium capacity buses, and I have this low capacity buses, and they all have their place. And all of that, once we can show you decide where you want to play and then in deciding that you come to Lamata you get regulated and you get uh, franchised out routes so in order to make that easy for the state as well we've recently extended our e-ticketing system so that we're ensuring that we are especially when you think of where we've come from with COVID and all of that it's easier now on all the buses that will be regulated by Lagos State you will not be paying by cash anymore we have a card we call our carry card, and that card will be your payment system. And that card for us will be intermodal. So across all the bus types, and also we are integrating it with the ferry systems that we have in Lagos. If, as if Lagos at all, we have water all around us. And where the state is also developing its um, water transportation system. So we will get those, that card will also be used there. And when our rail uh, systems come on board in the next couple of years, that is what we will also use. So we will have an e-ticketing system running within Lagos, yes. Wow, you are involved in a major upgrade from a fully privatized system to a state-run and regulated system. That That is an amazing project. Wow. You have a good team of people with you there? Have you been able to hire a good team there at, at Lamada? We have a team of people who have been working with us for a while, and we're constantly we're constantly hiring so within our bus service system we have a very good team and we've been so i would say that recently we launched a new and that route is a 13 and a half kilometer route that's the first phase of it the second phase of it will be the same and that route is where we launched our new e-ticketing system and that route is a 120 demand travel demand route right now we're doing about 30 35,000 a day for the first, and this is the first month or so that we've started to run, and we haven't deployed all of our buses. We're doing a phase deployment so that we can identify our teething problems and see. So for us, this is uh, where we're cutting our teeth on our e-ticketing system, and it's we're working it well. So right. what I would say is that we're constantly looking at our systems. We are working to ensure that when we roll out, we don't have to roll back. We, we're, we're doing, I mean, I would say that I've been very pleased with the responses of the people. The people have responded well to the e-ticketing system. They've taken that well, and, and that's very good for me. And uh, Let me ask so, you this. Sorry to interrupt you. Are, am I understanding you right, though, that you're going to go cashless? You're, you're going to do yes. all the card or e-faring? That's yes. great. Yeah, that's what we're, that's where we're headed, and it's uh, like ahead must ahead. Know. Yes, exactly. So you must know that's not an easy task, especially in a city like Lagos. But we are getting a lot, a very good response from the people. They're getting their cards, and they know we have run a new BRT system that has not collected cash one day. Wow! So, and at the end of the day. It's about sensitizing the people to what you want to happen. And when you keep to it and the people understand that that's what you're going to do, they've been very responsive. A lot of systems here in the U.S. are thinking about doing that. There's something here in America called Title VI, which says you have to provide services for lower income or the unbanked. 
London has gone cash free. Some systems here in America, like Robbie Mackinnon in Kansas City, have actually gone free. They're not even charging. They're finding other ways to subsidize it. That doesn't work in a lot of cities for some re- for no. one reason or another. Uh, and so others are, are moving toward the e-faring or card system. You're jumping right ahead. That's actually great. Let me ask you about, you and I talked about this before, and I thought the answers you gave me were phenomenal, that, at, that you shut down your whole system at the peak of COVID. But when you came back on, you immediately went to almost you know full capacity again, 95% or something like that. I mean, that's, maybe you could tell us how you did that because we need that help here in the West, here in the Europe and America. We're still way down at 16% ridership in a lot of cities. So the thing with Lagos is, I guess for us, first of all, we have, maybe we have demand that outstrips supply. Okay. Also, our economy is slightly different. The majority, a large number of our people are daily earners. So they have to go out every day to work. So whilst we have the scenario where when you shut down completely and a lot of people are working from home, now if you take the West, you could say maybe 70% of your staff could work from home and all of that. Whereas it's different in Lagos. Lagos, the the majority of of the working uh, population are probably daily earners. So they have to go out every day to work. And so therefore, the minute you open, opened up public transportation, all of them came out. So whereas um, a lot of offices would say 50% of my staff should come to work, unfortunately, right. that 50% are probably the ones who, who use their cars or 50% should come to work. They normally wouldn't take the bus. The people who take the buses are the ones who need to take the buses and those are the ones who need to be out on a daily basis. They're the right. ones now. It's interesting that we've had reduced numbers but what, the reason we've had reduced numbers is because we have, what the state has put in place now is that we have alternate market days. Whereas every day was a market day in Lagos before, but now we have market days on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So we notice a huge demand on those three days, and then the uh, Thursdays and, and Tuesdays are slightly less. But then we still sit in a system that is not sufficient, that, has not, uh, that is not sufficient for the demand anyway. So when we start to put ourselves at, back out, it was almost at full capacity because when I say at full capacity, I'm sitting in the place also where we, post-COVID we had, you couldn't carry standing passengers. For instance. First of all, we started off with 21 passengers, sit and no alternate seating. So obviously that was almost 100% capacity was utilized because we had more people needing. Then we now went to, okay, fine, we're going to be carrying 42 people and we're not going to have any standing. We have to make sure you have your masks on. You have to, because the demand was so much that we could not, we could not instill, we could not continue with the alternate seating position. So we had to use other social means of making sure that people did not transmit. So wash your hands. At the bus stops, you had sanitizers, you had sinks that were rigged up for people to wash hands. You couldn't get on the buses without a, a face mask. All the drivers had to have their own face face shield and face mask and all those things because just because our demand was outstripping the supply that we had. So I think the reason Lagos was like that or is like that is because of the economy that we have. For the West, a lot of, um, maybe 80% of your people can work from home. 
It's yeah. usually maybe a lower percentage that actually need to go out. So your essential right. workers, the ones who work in the grocery stores and all of those things. Whereas for us, that market is a majority of those who ply our buses. And so that's why. Okay, that makes sense. Tell me about, because we are going to have another, at least one and maybe more interviews with managing directors and CEOs from transit systems across Africa. I'm doing one in South Africa coming up soon. Tell us about Africa as a continent when it comes to transportation. Do you all have, like here in America, we have APTA, the American Public Transit Association. Of course, the the rest of the world has UITP. So is UITP active there in Africa? So there's UITP in Africa, but we actually have an Africa one, UATP. which is a subset of UITP. So we work together, we have regular conferences, we have regular, I think it's once or twice a year that we all meet up and we talk about the challenges and how have you done it. And and sometimes we have uh, people learn from one another. So for instance, when we started our BRT implementation, I think Senegal came to Nigeria understudied us and went and did their own thing. So Africa works well together in that sense. And we're able to sort of learn together. And sometimes recently we're doing a study on e-mobility and we're doing it with other countries in Af- in West Africa and other countries in, so we have Francophone Africa and Anglophone Africa and both of those uh, regions of Africa, they're doing a study t- together. So the Anglophone are carrying out a study and the Francophone are carrying out a study. So Africa actually works. We, we, we lean on one another. We, and, and the mere fact that we're all part of UATP works. So, yes. um, and that's the body that we have that, that we sort of speak to one another on yeah. that platform. That's great. What about yeah. contractors? You mentioned you contract out. Are these the big international contracting companies that you're using, like Transdev, Keolis, National Express, or are they African-owned companies that are coming in and doing a lot of your contracting? Okay, so a lot of the contracting, for instance, for something like real, for instance, is it, it, it's not something that we have a lot of expertise in, though we're growing. So most of the real work is done. We have a number of Chinese contractors that are working with us, the rest of the world. Yeah. But in terms of implementation of stuff like BRT lanes and all of that, it's it's open. And so we do African contractors, we do Nigerian local ones as well, and we have um, international ones. So it's open and it's open, open based on, yes, it's an open. Okay. That we, That's we interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got basically a real active, busy next, what, mm-hmm. two to five years to implement all these BRT and rail lines mm-hmm. and all that. It's going to be amazing. Yes. Yes, yeah. we do. We have a very, very busy next couple of years and we're all very excited about it. And the good thing is we have amazing support from the government because um, the current government is really dedicated and keen to deliver these two rail lines and they're keen to implement a bus reform initiative as well to ensure that we put out this um, intermodal system that will make mobility easy because they have, when they came in, one of the big things they wanted to tackle was traffic transportation systems. So for them, investing in that is really a big part of, of their government. And, and, and for any country, once you deal with your transportation, that's the one thing that all the wheel of any country's economy. So we expect to see the dividend of that, obviously, where in, in an increased economy. Very good. Abimbola Akini Joe, Managing Director of Lagos Metropolitan Area Transport Authority, serving 21 million people in your city in a country of 200 million. Thank you so much for being our guest today on the show. We wish you the very best. Hopefully I can come visit when you all get it built and I can ride some of your great new lines. I love doing that. 
Thank you so much, Paul. Excellent talking to you. And um, we'll talk to you again. Thank you. You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.